This is a Strategist, episode 1081. My name is Zane Velger. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter. Carter, you've got some breaking news for us. We have to record a pod. We have to record a podcast promotion where we promote ourselves for another podcast called The Looney Hour. And it's a business podcast where I imagine grown-up human beings listen. So I'd like us to be mature about it and actually focus on doing a, a pro- like, how would you promo our podcast, Zane? Go. Well, first of all, I'm going to ask some basic questions. Why and what is the Looney Hour? Let's start here. And why are we doing this in the first place, because, Carter? What, because is, it we feels were, like we're actually promoing them right now. Yeah. No, we, isn't this mission accomplished? No, I feel like that's our, good. The, no, yeah. we're recording we're promoing them right now. We're, we're reco- recording. Okay. I'm going to get you guys to focus. We're recording yeah. a promo for ourselves to yes. put onto the Looney Hour. Right, so that we can get some of Task their complete. listeners. I feel like yeah. we just. Know. I think okay. we just did that. Did we not I need just you do to that? Focus. We need to get their listeners to come to our show. Well, that's just not going to happen. Well, you, about, you said they were adults, at, right? Like, well, I'm yes, assuming they're adults. I mean, well, they're going to a show okay, called Let's just do it right now. Let's just do it right now. Let's just do it on the pod right now. Can we just do it on the pod? Go ahead. Uh, listen to our show. Okay, so <laughs> anything else? I'm good. Carter? I think that actually works. Let's move Are on. Are we done yeah. with the business portion of our meeting? Jesus fucking Christ, Carter. <laughs> you know, can we get onto some chutney conversation? Or you got more business to drag it One of with? the highest rated Canadian. Yeah. Are you Patreon still trying to podcast. do this, or is no. this just like an fucking joke? Here's what we are. Here's what's going to work. Here's, here's how. No, no, no. This is where the community takes hold. Here's I asked you to do. We're going to do. Oh, we should crowdsource. We're, we're going to do a thirty, 30 seconds. No, 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 no. Just, no too many seconds. ideas. Too many ideas. Mine's the best. No, okay. Here's what we're going <laughs> to. We're going to do the thirty second promo on this pod, okay? And no, then we're going to ask every one of our listeners. I just need a script to get a cassette player, okay? A cassette take your phone. Player. Take your phone. Hit record on the cassette player. Record a cassette. Give it to friends and family. I feel like that's a really good idea to promote <laughs> the strategists all over. Uh, it even expands to be on the Looney Hour, Carter. Yeah, this is I, mean, a, it sounds I just better can't than believe we have listeners. On the Looney, Looney Hour. Hour. Yeah. I feel like we've promoted them a lot. Yeah. Hey, no, it's us. They owe us a good two minutes and 30 seconds at this point. This oh, is, this I is hope a so. lot. Carter, okay, anything else? Just, we'll, can we we'll, start the show now? Well, the show has started uh, Where's with the a music? solid yeah. promo of this show, <laughs> capturing both the flavor and the content that people who listen to oh, the Looney Hour would I get. didn't even notice that it was recording. Hey, Corey, um, does it matter if your name is Mark or Mohammed? <laughs> not not in Pierre Polyev's Canada. Can no. we get into I this? Don't understand our first segment. This is not a reference you're going to get. This is not a reference you're going to get. Let's get into our stampede roundup. Corey, a lot of feedback coming from our last Stampede episode. I don't know if you guys got any feedback. I actually got feedback directly from some elected officials agreeing with a lot of our uh, strategies we put out on the table. For those who missed last episode, we went into a deep dive on Stampede. But more specifically, we went into a deep dive on retail politics and how to kind of approach politicians in the summer festival and or barbecue circuit season. A lot of feedback. Some disagreement, Carter, from certain politicians saying, you know what I prefer is people, if they haven't asked, just fucking tell me. If it's past day five of a 10-day festival, I don't need any uh, niceties. I just need you to fucking tell me what you want just so I can remember yeah, you next time. They want time. you to tell them so that they can just say, yeah, I heard what you said, and I'm never going to do what you asked me to do. That's what they want. Like they're not. We're talking about what's best for the for the people who listen, not the fucking politicians. So true, Carter. So we we're now adding a gentleman. I mean, uh, I got I got feedback from Amarjeet Sohi too. What, what did Amarjeet Sohi, Sohi tell you? Ved- so put him on Mara blast Vedna. on this show. Yeah, Mara Vedna. You put know what he blast. says to me? Here we go. He says, "I I love your show, but there's too much." Oh, swearing. there's a buck coming. Okay. There's oh yeah, he's told me that swearing. multiple times, and I've fuck told you, him Amarjeet. like, "I'm like fuck you, Mara." Like, fuck I'm you, Amarjeet. 
What got the our fuck, own show. man? You start your own show, buddy. You know what? Edmonton. Here's what we can do. New, new Patreon subscription. It's called the Sohi Package. Okay, we give you the Sohi Package. It's a hundred bucks yeah. a month, Corey. This is. I'm just looking at you on this. We bleep out all the swearing. It's just for Amarjeet Sohi. Great. He has to pay. He says he can't month, listen though. to it on his work phone because it's it's not. Wait, it doesn't he can't allow. listen to it on his work phone because there's cursing on the show. Yeah, because there's cursing on the show. That's what he said. That's... I was like, if you can't break the the, the that level of of complexity on your phone, you don't deserve to listen to us. You just don't deserve it. It's not, you it's know. the city of Edmonton. Yeah. I mean, how hard could it be to break this? I think so. non-cursing would be the kind of thing that you'd have trouble getting on a phone exactly. in Edmonton. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, swearing is the most exciting thing to happen in Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since it was invented, people were like, yeah. oh my God. It's the I'm most the Edmonton thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. this place. Uh, okay, are we good? Are we got that out of our system? Uh, Corey? No, but there was a lot of feedback and oh, okay. all the politicians love us. Okay, and fantastic. the staffers love us. Here, Remember how they the said the staffers wouldn't love us? Staffers love us. Here's the thing. Well, the staffer tip, by the way, whoever, I think it was both of you tag teaming on the tip to talk to the staffers. That's getting a lot of play. That's getting a lot of play. But we find ourselves, let's keep this local for a second, in a lot of, in the middle of Stampede, Corey, you know, as we turn the bend from the first weekend, a lot of big events, a lot of name, name brand politicians showing up to Calgary, as we said they would, leader of... Uh, the Liberal Party and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was in town. You have the Premier running around town. You've got ministers from the federal government. You also have the leader of the opposition in his new uh, in his new look. Uh, and Corey, we caught a glimpse of uh, not just that look, but a speech he was giving, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Do you want to run a clip? I, 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 do I want to run a clip? Do I want to run a clip? Do, I, do you want me to just do the clip? <laughs> I mean, you both. We, we didn't have a clip. We don't so have a clip. Probably for the best. I was going to say, when did we get professional? And I think, I think for his, I think, I think this is a big save for him that there's no clip that exists of this because I don't know if you what you thought of this speech, but he gave a speech at the Ismaili Muslim Stampede Breakfast, like an hour later, beyond when the program was over, people huddled around to hear Pierre Polyev. He gave a very interesting speech that I, I think you have a few thoughts on. So how about you get us started, and then I want to actually talk about a few strategy questions about Pierre and the, and the barbecue circuit. Well, um, so, yeah, he gave this speech. It was after the prime minister had left. The prime minister motorcade had gone out. People were kind of done, I think, with the main event. And there was some uh, weak effort by the MC to bring everybody back around the crowd to listen to a politician speak. Not a ton of takers. Like, I, I would say that, for sure, it was a much more enthusiastic crowd for the prime minister, which is not necessarily what you would expect in Calgary, if you're not in Calgary. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's George Shahal territory and uh, mm -hmm. and did very well. And uh, who's a local liberal MP? The um, uh, the Pierre Polyev speech was short, which is the best thing I could say about it. But <laughs> a lot of of what he said was was pr uh, you know I don't know I'm I can't I have a hard time introducing it without editorializing it. But it was pretty hackneyed, you know. It was this idea of like, uh, yeah, I'm here, and uh, you know. I I uh, I I am all about opportunity. I was adopted by people, you know, opportunity. My wife is a refugee from Venezuelan socialism, opportunity. And I you know, in in Canada it doesn't matter if your name is Singh or Smith. Uh I can't remember all of them, uh, but like he used Pierre or Patel, I believe. Uh, no, Polyev. Like Polyev or Patel. Uh, he used yeah. Polyev or Patel, so there's a bit yeah. of a Never use yourself in those examples, yeah, I think. Like, example. Even a Patel could, could rise to the ranks of a Polyev, is how it comes off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, anyways, it was like, I guess I would say it was a, I hope it was a pretty half-hearted effort, because it wasn't very good. And the first thing I did was actually text you two and say, 
hey, Pierre Polyeffer, we sure he's good? And uh, Stephen said, what? What's going on? I'm not there. Yeah, and, Carter left. And Zane said, I yeah, left no with I'm. the prime minister. Well, I was, okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you did. You're one friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your one friend took you. Had an yeah, extra he took me. So yeah. for some context, this is, um, this is a pretty big event in the Calgary Stampede. Sort it's of. huge. One of the it's best become events. huge. And, no, and thousands I, of people. Yeah. And, and it's one that I, I was part of organizing several years ago when we had a nighttime version of this event. It's become one of the more sort of common go-to dignitary events. I think that's like without... Yeah. Without, you know, sort of, uh, you know, you had yeah. the prime minister, the premier, the leader of the opposition, multiple ministers, and I, become one of those things. Yeah, yeah Cor- you, me, you, I was there, you know, yeah. Canadian press article published about it, so to speak. Right. So it's it's one of those events. And, you know, what I wanted to get into is we can talk a little about Pierre Polyev Carter, but I really wanted to get into it. And this might be a little bit of uncomfortable territory. But like, how do you in a 2023 world? Think about the rules of campaigning to racialized communities. Because Pierre Polyev's speech was one of the ones that was a little hackneyed. There was also like the prime <laughs> yeah, minister was not the only one. <laughs> the prime minister's speech was a little forced too around you know business growth and like congratulating the community on like you don't have to choose between social impact and making a lot of fucking money. Like pretty much what he said. It almost um, became Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean that's how that's how he sounds uh, with the altitude here. Um, Carter, <laughs> tell me about Shapiro probably have, and then I want to try to get into this conversation, which uh, which I we, we we've touched on in the past, but I haven't really had a a not a, a deeper dive on. And what the maybe the new rules for campaigning look like in that sense, especially as it relates to this barbecue circuit conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a tendency to um, jump in on these on these, you know, different different communities, right? Quote unquote, different communities, communities that are um, in some fashion different, whether they're they're Jewish or they're visible minority or they're young or they're old, and you try and. Uh, make yourself really relevant to that group. But of course, if you're not really connected to the group, you can come off sounding like you're just pandering or that you're, you know, you're really horrible. You, know, you go into the old age home and you say, this could be the most important election of your lifetime. It mm-hmm. certainly is going to be the last. But I'm bumped. Uh, and, and you come across flat, right? Did you like that, Corey? That was good. I liked that. Yeah, That's you didn't good. laugh as loud as I expected. I don't think you were listening. Anyways, the, um, but the, the, when you go in and you try and make this kind of you're part of us speech, mm-hmm. um, I'm part of you, it does almost by necessity come across like we're not the same. Uh, we've never been the same. And now, um, you know, that, there's a wall between us. Uh, and I think that that's one of the the, the great risks of um, going into racialized communities and, and mm. visible minority communities is that you go in and you say, uh, essentially, you you wind up in some fashion repeating the Velji rule. You know, I've always had great friends who were Jews, and and here I am today speaking at this Jewish breakfast. Ooh, aren't I ever so lucky? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to make it sound like, uh, frankly, this isn't that surprising for you. You've, you know, it, this isn't that different. I mean, I love going to the Ismaili breakfast because. It's the best breakfast. I, I see the most people. I have the best time. It's really replaced the Hayes breakfast as the the go-to breakfast. And I mm. did all of that without saying anything about, you know, you people or, you know, bringing us all together or anything like that. I actually managed to do it in such a fashion that I didn't come across. You mean with your answer um, just now, like as, as yeah. your, in your explanation? And I yeah. think that that's what the problem is, is that too often these, you know, did you know that your community has the highest rate of entrepreneurship in Calgary? 
yeah, they probably knew because that's probably the best way that they can make money. You know, like there's all kinds of bullshit happening. Um, There's racism. There's all kinds of things that I don't have any connection with. So why the fuck am I up here spouting about it? So you got to be really careful, I think, when you Mm -hmm. go into those uh, communities that you're not necessarily from. And even when you are, you know, your guard goes up or your guard comes down in such a fashion that it may be really bad. Corey, why why is the Polyev Patel like Mohammed, you know, uh, Mark sort of like that that refrain, right? Whatever it was that. Yeah. Why is that hackneyed in 2023? You know, I think for the hazard, the great hazard of the Calgary Stampede for all out of towners is that you look like a tourist. Right? Mm. You don't really understand the community. And I think this was a great microcosm of that. Right. And in, in the sense that, A, I, I don't I think a little more intersectionally about, uh, you know, the Ismaili community may be putting on the breakfast, but it's a, it's a big, diverse breakfast even totally. beyond that. There's all yeah. sorts of Calgarians from all sorts of walks yeah. of life. And, uh, you know, B, it's it's a lot more permeable. Like, you know, like, it's just like, it's, it's a lot... It, when somebody is standing up on that crowd, the feeling I kept getting is they're standing up at the crowd, and yes, it is the, the Ismaili Muslim community breakfast. And so I appreciate that. And I, I But, you know... They are assuming the crowd and the community are one. They are assuming that this is a speech to like a certain section of mm-hmm, Calgary, mm-hmm. and they're not. And, and they're they're both buttonholing the community as they perceive it to be, and they are not seeing yeah. the wider you know audience that's in front of them there. And so I think that's fundamentally my problem with it. Right? It's it's a view both of the Ismaili community and it's also a view of the the literal physical audience that's in front of them that it seems to be somewhat missing on. And uh, you know, I I think. Ultimately, this this very outdated, almost like 1980s, united colors of Benetton view of the world of like, oh, we've got this group here and we've got this group there and we've got this group over there and look at their different cultures and look at what they wear and all of this. And if you're familiar with the ad campaign in the 80s, you'll know what I'm yeah. talking about here. No, totally. Right. Um, it, but that's just, that's not it. That's not modern Calgary. That's not modern day. Like the, the suggestion to me that I find, and I'm really curious your take here. Like, what's your take on the breakfast, Zane? You were one of the organizers of the breakfast. You, in, you in know, years past, is, yeah. And I'll take no credit for, yeah, for this year, but yeah, like. Not in this year. I know, yeah, but yeah, in yeah. years past, as it was. Back being, when it was you know, good. Is that what you said? Back when it was good. Before yeah, jumped the shark. <laughs> before. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I'll say before, to Corey's point, before it mainstreamed. And I think that's a really interesting thing. Is that when politicians, your tourist example is very interesting when it comes to the point of politicians showing up to ethnic community or minority community events thinking they've put on a really nice event, really surprising number of people for a minority community versus thinking this is a community that happens to be a minority that's putting on a very fucking mainstream this is event. this is exactly the difference like that you have put your finger on it for me exactly and right? to Carter's point about like, this the, is just a stampede of this is a big stampede event in the I'd city say of I'd say most yeah. corporate Calgary most community Calgary like this is the one one of the few you put on your list <clears throat> right like you get a few things done like if you're yeah. if you're being like very crass but hey this is a bit of like community outreach but this is also like this is probably your best shot to have some time with the premier or a minister because you know they're going to be there, right? It's one of the ones where <clears throat> you can have a bit of community, a bit of like family, also a bit of uh, ministerial time. But I think to the point, it's it's there's two concerns. The first one is exactly what you said or, or the way I've kind of maybe expanded on that point around uh, a community that happens to be a minority hosting a mainstream event. The other is really in the language of, and I was going to bring this up as a broader topic for both of you from a pure political risk perspective for, for this community. And, and there's probably folks in my religious community that are not going to love this line of questioning, but 
like singling out one community and being like, we owe a debt of gratitude to you. You guys are fucking amazing. Thank you so much. I think does two things. I want to talk about the political risk, which I'll get your thought on. But it also like perpetuates this minority myth model, right? That like, you know, why can't you just be like these guys? Like, aren't they exactly what you should be? And like, we should let more immigrants in because look at this one example when we know that that is, I shouldn't say it's it's a fringe or a norm. I just want to go down that. But it's like, it's uh, it's perhaps using the, a pedestal and showcasing a narrow example while maybe trying to gloss over some of the other realities that immigrant and refugee communities face. So those are the two strands I always think of. What the the, the harm is to the broader sort of community when you kind of single out one. I'd like to get your question, your, your thoughts on that on the political risk. And the second one is really about uh, how do our politicians and our politics start coping that at some point, and it's now, communities that happen to be minority communities and people that happen to be individuals from minority backgrounds are going to host the most fucking mainstream things because they are part of the mainstream. Well, yeah, this is like, so maybe this is me just as a Calgarian getting my back up a bit too. Calgary, very diverse city, big, wild, exciting place, you know, dynamic, uh, you know, connected to the world. And as a result of being connected to the world and and, in part connected to the world because of, you know, big diverse community. And I always get the feeling of people marveling at the diversity of Calgary, uh, like George H.W. Bush looking at like a scanner at a grocery store. Oh, yeah. No, no, the, yeah. the scanner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Being like, oh, fuck, fuck. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> like, wow, wow, look at this. Right. And, you know, it's just it's just sort of an outdated view. And to your point, Zane, I think that there's this sense of like, well, look, and now Calgary has these diverse communities, not Calgary is a diverse community. Yeah. Right? yeah Where yeah. the leaders of Calgary come from all walks of life. And, you know, there's all sorts of backgrounds. And I mean, my God, how many, you know, how many times are we going to have to, uh, you know, break that stereotype before Eastern Canada sees us a little bit differently. I don't know. Mm. We've talked about Mayor Sohi in Edmonton. Of course, we've got Mayor Gondek in Calgary, right? Like this is, you know, uh, we had Mayor Nanchi before, who was an Ismaili Muslim. Mm-hmm. Is is still, to my knowledge, <laughs> he, made, <laughs> no, he, yeah. he, he left right after uh, <laughs> yeah. the mayorship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, let me, let me get yeah. elected. That's what. No, I, I mean, yeah. no, no. I, I, so, like, I guess my point would be, like. I just, I find it really fascinating, right? Like this idea of like, oh, and look, and like, look at this example. And so to your idea of like this, uh, this, uh, you know, model minority myth or, mm-hmm. or what have you, it's just like, it's not a very textured view, I think, of either the Ismaili community or of Calgary. Or, I think or, that's what. Or, and I think as we see this going forward, and this is not just a Calgary context thing, Carter, this is like about rules of how politicians, regardless of, frankly, where their background and lived experiences and what racial communities yeah. they come from, or if they do at all, is how do they deal with this, right? Like how do, and this is kind of where I wanted to get into, what is the new rule book? that we're talking about, right? You guys have already put a few of these rules on the table. Uh, and I think they're really good. And, I, and I'd like to summarize them in a second. But Carter, keep adding to the list as I, as I write down a few of these that you guys have already put down for us. The first rule for me has always been to look at immigration with a much longer lens than immigrants in the last five years, 10 years, 15 years. We have to look at immigration going back to, you know, when Canada was settled, the the, the colonial nature of our country. And that immigration created all kinds of different issues. And the people who came at that time, so my great-grandfather came really early to Canada. I have on one side, I'm I've got tons of Canadian quote, roots, um, you know, 
but it, it it's kind of he was still you know he's still an immigrant he's in a country he doesn't understand doing things he doesn't understand and each generation becomes more and more integrated into our into this space and i think that if you start to look at immigration and say well you know now we've got this type of immigrants and this type of immigrants is foundationally different than any other type of immigrants before you've really missed the whole point of immigration immigrants mm. become to, any person any single person that chooses to uproot their lives and go to another country has a bravery that I can't express, right? And so I think that it's more important for us to look at um, the challenges faced within communities and minimizing those challenges. Because that which we would wish for our forefathers, those people who came before, is that which we should be offering to those who come now. And I think that that kind of understanding also you know, extends to the First Nations population. Right. We don't treat people properly because we often and because we are ingrained to go to an us versus them model mm -hmm. and that un us versus them model is so easy for every human being to fall into. And because we fall into that, that means that when Pierre Polyev tries to step out of us versus them, he inadvertently steps into us versus them. And th right. that's because that's the nature of human beings. So how do we get out of that work? consciousness being being a part of it um and you know also recognizing and this is one of my pet peeves calgary isn't the stampede right we have the stampede it is a great 10-day festival but it ends and it, it ends next week and uh i think that carrying this false history i always remind people this is a festival that was first sold to i think winnipeg and then when it failed in winnipeg they brought it to, to uh to calgary to try and sell it in calgary and we we were just dumb enough to buy it um the exact same festival so it's not really our history it's not really our culture um our i mean that big... kind of feels like it nailed our culture but yeah, yeah i mean yeah exactly um seconds that's pretty much yeah pretty much yeah, the motto that, that is, is get the ek dev you know people on the line carter <laughs> i got How it we've not gone with sloppy seconds as our as our tagline anyways um I don't, I've lost my point now. Thanks, guys. But it was it was basically great. Hey, but there's good something you put it down. Some, some good things you put down. I always look at immigrants with a longer lens. Corey, your point, you know, a city or a place is is diverse. Not that we'd have diverse communities. A, a few of those things I, I captured. What else would you add to that list, Corey? Like, as we think of top line, maybe even just, I'm almost looking at lens and directionality here rather than even pure strategy. Yeah, you know, I think, um, so I want to preface this with, a not particularly blinded insight that racism is real. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the challenges I had, I, I really wrapped my head around why Pierre Polyev's line of like Patel or Polyev, you know, yeah. like, uh, Smith or Singh, why it bothered me so fucking much. And, and I think as I unpack it a little bit, and I'd be curious your two thoughts too, but like it's because sort of built into it, baked into is this idea of almost like, this the supremacy of the name Smith of the supremacy yeah. of the name Polyev like the you built too in the built in can yeah. have like yeah like 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 the same privileges of somebody with the name Polyev right and I think that's wrong and it's it's based on kind of this assumption or this foundational view of like yeah like everybody is trying to get to where I am and you know there's this idea of like the name Polyev is the destination. Right, yeah. like not, yeah, not and, literally, and 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 don't worry about it anymore because your destination with your last name is now like totally fine. 
Like we're going to accept yeah. it with equal merit. So that's it. Like, yeah. like it's like, and then there's something about that. Yeah. You've articulated it well there. That's, that bothers me. Right. Like he's not saying, Hey, we're all going to have the same kinds of opportunities. The subtext of his entire speech is, you can have the same kind of opportunities I have. Correct, which is different, right? Carter, than than I had Nenshi's line, which you used in 2010 and, and throughout his mayorship, which it doesn't matter what your last name is. Right. This That's is a right. place where right. it does yeah. where that last age actually is, is irrelevant to your ability to do whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've 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 often I mean I, I struggle with the line because I do think that currently it does matter what your last name is in this kind of white we do whitewash over a large portion of of Calgary and Canadian specific truth when we when we just you know when when Nenshi would pretend that line mm-hmm. but I like the sentiment a hell of a lot more than you two could be a smith yeah <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not doing a total justice here but yeah like I think uh I yeah I think if there was even kind of a sense of balance in it and it was like um I'm not even quite sure how he would have articulated it but you know uh the reality is, yeah, I, I can't. I'm gonna have another five minutes to put my fingers on it. No, but, but I just it don't think it's. It yeah. is interesting that you are struggling with this because it's like, it, on the surface, it, you know, we could all hear that, right, and be like, from a pure political level, be like, I think that speech was kind of weak, and most of us would just leave it there, be like, you know, yeah. but like your deeper articulation and and your thought process around like you too can have what Smith has or what Polyev has, right? Or what Johnson has, right? Is really interesting when you dig deeper and be like, even subconsciously, is this what per- this person believes? That like this, yeah, well, this one just- swim lane that like we'll do everything to preserve and keep pristine. But this other swim lane that you guys have all been swimming in, we'll grandfather it in as well. Like, so if you clock in at the same time on either of these lanes, we're not going to count it the same. And like, And I know that's not a great metaphor either. But it's like it's it is interesting when you kind of like go a little bit deeper and you're like, is that kind of problematic? And perhaps, you know, opens up question lines around is this is this just a belief in some ways? Well, sure. And it's it's I guess the the one wayness of that particular metaphor, at least the way he presented yes, it, yes, yes. Is, is partially what bothered me. Right. He He wasn't saying like this is a place where, you know, a smith has access to all of the things that a sing has as well, right? Like mm-hmm. it was, hey, a sing can now have the things a smith has. And there's a suggestion that like those are the, you know, baked into it, the subtext. I'm clearly reading things into it he didn't intend, but I'll just say is you could yeah. kind of feel like mm-hmm. you think that the smith things are better, you know, at, at the bottom line. And it's like, and I think that's part like of that what Louis bothered C. me. It's joke. He's like, if I ever come back, uh, and no offense, uh, I'm coming back white. Like it's yeah, uh, I, I am coming back white, right? Like if 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 I'm reincarnated, there I'm I, like I would like to explore other choices, but white it is, and it kind of like plays into that same. So it's like it's clearly he's like he's like I'm not saying it's the best, but it's clearly better. Like I will, he's like that's not what I'm saying, I, I, but it is, and, and it kind of has that same sort of you know to to be crass about it, Corey. It's kind of like that same sort of subtone, right, or or, or or subtext. Carter, respond to that, and then help us build a few more of these rules. I, I really like what you guys have put on the table. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm throwing, and I, I want to echo one of the things that Corey said, and that is that he, you know, Pierre Polyev was not intending to come across as anything but genuine, and sure. anything but appealing to um, to everybody who was there, right? And, and I think that where we're jumping off on this is that. This is part of the problem, right? This is part of how when we when we intend 
our intentions are, are, we try to make our intentions good, but just because we have good intentions um, doesn't necessarily mean that we've quite nailed it yet. And I think that we're, you know, we're picking on Pierre, but I could very we easily are, pick on you know, many yeah. different was just politicians. as bad yeah, in, many, in this particular Exactly, case. because it, it, you, you get this, and, the, and even in these small group meetings, right? So we've all done the small group meetings where we go into uh, the Gurdwar, the, the, the temple, the you know, whichever religious organization we're going into, and we sit down with the leaders, the elders, the whatever, uh, whatever leadership there is. And we talked about the very special needs of that group, right? And everybody talks about the special needs of that group. There is uh, no real focus on the, the needs of Calgary in those moments, right? Or the needs of Alberta in those moments. Mm-hmm. It is retail politics at a very transactional level. Or, or and thinking that those think, people wear multiple hats, right? That they're part of one group, but they also are part of other community groups, right? They're, 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 they're actually three-dimensional, not one-dimensional in that moment when you meet them. We're, and just like that room of, of, of multiple people coming from one faith tradition, well, they're also a bunch of other things. They put on multiple hats, <laughs> They do, but we we tr- we go in and we trade on we trade on one level of transaction to try and gain another transaction, right? We go in on, on the transaction of you're in this community, you're a leader in the in the religious com- in your religious community. Um, we want you now to help us lead in this political community, and mm-hmm. and we trade on that, and that creates all kinds of problems too. So. You know, we we've all done that, and 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 you know, I can stand and throw my stones against Pierre, um, but that's you know, faith, minority status, um, all of these things are fraught. There's so multi- there's so m- multiple level, and all of us are guilty of taking advantage of different pieces and taking advantage of different people uh, in order to try and get what we want. And, you know, on some levels, I'm not going to apologize for that mm-hmm. because that's the game. That's what we're here to do. We're here to win. And we talk all the time about how you can try and play by some sort of different rule, but ultimately the game is judged by whether you win at the end. So I don't want to come across as too harsh, but I also don't want to kind of, I think that this is one of the problems of the game and we should be trying to figure out some of the solutions to it too. Well, you know, to your point, there is a room, Corey, and and I'll let you kind of, this is just more of a comment than a question. I'll kind of say that if, if there was a politician who kind of recognized the mainstreaming of certain things produced by groups that happen to be minority communities, I think there's political value in that for them, right? To be like, you have done something that is not just for you, but is for everyone. And that that is what is meant to be celebrated in some ways, right? Like not just by people like me, but like, you know, there is something to to that in in that sense. And those are not the right words myself. But I want you to get your response because you also talked to, you just mentioned Trudeau a bit as well. I, I don't know if there's anything that caught your attention with what he said, uh, or if there's any other sort of rules you wanted to kind of add to our to our growing list. And then I, I do want to get to political risk in a second. So I, I, maybe I'll walk my way towards a rule, but the rough the rough outline of this rule is you have to be thinking, would this be appropriate if I just mad-libbed some of the context and, and did it at, say, like a group that was put on by like a Catholic faith group or a different organization, maybe not a faith group at all? And, and is this how I would recognize the group? Would I go so all in on this? And I'm going to pick a, a, 
example here. The Hayes Breakfast that uh, Stephen mentioned. mentioned. Yeah. Calgarians uh, of a certain vintage will know this was like the Stampede Breakfast for many, many years. You know, you would go to Heritage Park. There'd be thousands of people there. It was invite only, but it wasn't that hard to get an invite. Yeah. And um, you would, uh, you know, you'd go through the ceremony and politicians would often have their speeches and they would say things. And if somebody at the Hayes Breakfast had spent literally the entire speech of the Hayes Breakfast talking about the contribution of the Hayes family and of Southwest Calgary and Heritage Park and how important it was, we would say, that's fucking weird, mm. right? You know, that's really strange. And uh, uh, yes, they are the hosts, and and yes, they deserve acknowledgement for their support of the Hayes family through there. But like, does this actually follow? Is this what this event wants to be about, purports to be about. And I'm not saying it's a perfect parallel, but I'm saying as a politician, you should sit and you should do that check and say, okay, if I just swapped out a few things, and if I was at, like, say, a Catholic event at Southwest Calgary, would this speech be talking about the things I'd want to be talking about, or would somebody say this speech is fucking weird? And and I think as we evolve as a... Yeah. You know, our understanding of kind of like the, again, I'll use the word intersectionality. Mm-hmm, like we're, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We all wear many hats, right? You you were just talking about that. I, I think there's got to be more of an appreciation for that nuance by politicians and the words that they write and the words that they say should reflect that. Yeah, it's, and it doesn't always, especially when you're dealing with communities that they are not members of. Carter, I remember you and I, I think, had lunch at one point, and we brought up something almost identical to what Corey mentioned here. So I'm glad you put it on the table, Corey. It was almost like, you know, we were commenting on how when politicians would go to certain communities, the entire speech would sound different from politician to politician. But the the real, like, summary statement was, look what you were able to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every single person would walk up and be like, look what you were able to do. Right. Pat on the head. Look what you have done. Look what you were able to do. And and we kind of still seem to have and 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 you know said not with that demeaning tone, right? But with that, if you kind of boil it down to its core, it's like historically, fifty years, hundred years, however long you've been here. Look what you're able to do today. This event. Look what you're able to do. You know today, this breakfast. You know, look what you're look what you're doing, and you're going to be able to I mean, do what you did today. Look what you're going to do in the future. And it's just like, you know, to your point, Corey. If you just went to every event and be like, oh, man, this is great. Look what you're able to do. Yeah, look what you have done. Job. What a great yeah. like, It's like uh, Hayes family. Yeah. Look what, you, like, look what you're able to do. And it's, in yeah. some ways, it's like it's trying to signal like you've, you've done it. Like this is what success looks like in our eyes. And look what you've been able to do. And I think, <laughs> right. And Carter, in some ways, it was kind of like that. And, and I'm, I listen, I don't want to get so philosophical. And, and um, but there is that undertone. And, and I'm just trying to think that from a pure political perspective, abandoning that undertone and choosing a different one. I just do wonder if there's political upside there that we that politicians are just missing out on from the you did it. Look what you're able to do. I mean, it'd be really interesting, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be interesting to to go in and do a speech like, uh, I mean, something that doesn't sound like a high school commencement speech? You know, you're now embarking on the rest of your lives, and we expect for you to, <laughs> to do better. Yeah, you're a grown-up um, minority community now. Yeah, look and at you now. You know, yeah. there were pancakes, and they were really well done. Um, no, I mean, I think it'd be really interesting. I mean. There are challenges within every community, and I think that one of the challenge, you know, one of the hardships for politicians is that sometimes we don't want to say the hard things. Mm. Um, and I know that when Gondek spoke to some of her communities about um, domestic abuse, there were 
real consequences for her um, because it just wasn't spoken of. And, and, and you mean she, she went back to like her faith community in that in this her in this faith community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because it, it it is something that is is uh, not spoken of enough, and she used her 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 platform and her ability to to speak to them. I mean, I'm not sure it won us any votes that day. Um, but I think that, you know, some things are more important than votes. Um, not many, but a couple. Uh, domestic violence, I would put right near the top. So What, what you're you know, describing, though, in some ways is the, the inverse, right? You right. were talking about a member of a community mm-hmm. talking to a community. We're right. talking about, you know, but well, when I'm, people But I'm come... saying, wouldn't it be interesting if a non-member of a community could try and do that? I mean, it would be tough. It'd be tough. It would be murder. Like, like also, you're a, like you're. But you again, should be you're able sort of to. Into, no, you but should like, be able be, to. I my my concern is leader. not the subject matter. It's that like you have defined like this audience. Hey, I'm at this like now. I'm going to talk about my view of what should change within these groups. Assuming a everybody, this is going to be a relevant message to everybody in the group, and b uh, speaking as somebody who's not a member of the group and will not have kind of that nuance and picture. I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade here. The reason why politicians do this yeah. is because they you know the look what you're able to do message is it's the shallowest form of political speech giving. Hey, mm-hmm. congratulations. So easy. Do you know who else they do it to? High school classes. Yeah, it's, Carter's, they know point. it's not yeah. Carter's point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, not, it's not that political, right? That point. It was a good point. No, I, I understand that's the point. Yeah. I'm saying it's the safest political speech to make, just to praise the group that you are in front of rather than saying anything. Because you're mm. worried that if you say anything beyond that, you might you might be accused of not understanding the nuance. It might... Doesn't Carter this take us to our JFK moment? Like, where is our JFK? Has been a question for a long, long time, right? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I mean, sure, it was a big speech. It was a it was a public speech. But at the core of it, it, it was, what are you going to do for us, fuckers? And no one's done that speech since. No one's done that speech. No one's interested in doing that speech. Why not? I mean feels a bit drifty from what you know the the thing but it's not I, that drifty it's politicians it's, it's, don't it's, I, I, it's, I guess, it's about I saying to people what are you doing to make the world better all the people all the people what are you doing today especially in today's society where we've got about 45 percent of the population in both canada and the united states tearing things apart at the seams you know it feels like there's a great opportunity to say okay oh. forget about what we're all asking you know what we've all been offered but what what are we offering each other you, 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 you're what I'm what I'm hearing you say, Carter, is pose a, a bit of a a challenge, pose a bit of a upscaling it, to, to like a bit of a thank you, or, like a praising you, and then asking you to do like take that energy no, and apply it. To, all like, I'm saying is the greater if, good. If is that is that fair? Is that what you're saying? I'm, all I'm saying is every once in a while, if we're going to walk into the easiest possible format, which is the high school, aren't you doing great? Yeah. If, if, yeah. Once in a while, once in a while, Spoke wouldn't it be the great to format. walk into the hardest format? Wouldn't it be interesting yeah, to challenge us as speechwriters, as speechwriters, to go in and say, you know what? Instead of shitting on the passport office, why don't we ask the question, why are people traveling? Right? That would have been an interesting speech to write. No one wrote that speech. So quite, let, let, I'll get to the rules in a second. I'll summarize them. But this kind of opens up my question about political risk, right? So let me read you this quote. 
It's much more true that my father and I and Canada owe you a debt of gratitude, not just for what you've contributed to this country, but for being a shining example of what welcoming of what welcoming people who are fleeing violence, persecution, persecution, and fear can do. That's from the Prime Minister. That's at that same breakfast we're discussing. Eesh. You talk about intersectionality, right? As a Muslim <laughs> yeah. and a smiley, like my WhatsApps are going fucking nuts. Like everyone's forwarding this to me, being like, "Isn't this fucking amazing?" Canadian Press writes an article with that you know debt of gratitude owed to a smiley Muslim community. A part of me feels amazing. Like, we're signaled out. Like, this is great. Like, you know, all the work that we've all done collectively, putting these breakfasts on, all the community success, hey, they're all being celebrated. The other part of me talks about that model, model minority sort of thing, and we've kind of briefly touched on that. I don't want to talk about either of those two. I want to talk about the third stream, political risk. What's the political risk for, for Justin Trudeau to signal out, uh, or single out, I should say, uh, a specific community like this so publicly, get the coverage that it did, are you saying ah, it's fine? Like it's it's the you did it and he can do the you did it speech to anyone else? Or do you feel like there's political risk here when politicians go to and this is just, you know, one community within a sect of 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 a Muslim sort of diaspora in Canada, just to be totally clear. And then think about all the other faith groups, other other groups split a different way. Like this is just a small group that we are. Um your 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 thoughts on political risk here in that sense. Well, I so when you speak in the most general of terms, I think your political risk is not like other groups say, hey, well, well actually it is. The, it's exactly this. So I'm going to illustrate this with a story. When I worked for the government of Alberta, uh, we had a person whose half, half of their job, half of an FTE mm-hmm. was just writing like letters that were proclamations about the various days, weeks, and months that we had. Sure. Because we very quickly got to a point where it was, no, we got no credit for making the comment. We got abused if we forgot. Ah, interesting. Comment, interesting. Right? And so yeah. I think there's, there's a bucket of political risk here where, okay, you've said that about this community. Now, are you going to say it about my community? Are you going to say about this community, this other community, this further community down the road? And then it becomes a, a game of your risk is a mission. Like, why didn't yeah. you say this about the sick community, right? Yeah, why sure, didn't you say sure. this about... And and people will start to look at that language and they'll put that language in front of people. That's That's a challenge and that's a risk that politicians have when they go extra hard on the platitudes. The, the other one, obviously... And, and I think that so many speeches about what politicians are going to do uh, for the pursuit of uh, reconciliation in this country is the perfect example is you dial your rhetoric up to 12 and your action is stuck at one. It's like, mm, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's fucking wonderful. You said those nice things. What are you going to do about the list of concerns that we have, the challenges we have, the rising racism in various contexts here? What are you doing about, if we want to do the, uh, the First Nations one, clean drinking water, for Christ's sake. Like, how mm-hmm, hard, mm-hmm. you know, that, like you, you say these nice things, but I just want to be able to turn on a tap and not be poisoned. And so the, um, you know, the, the rhetoric so outscaling action is also something to watch. Uh, but, you know, that, plus the idea that you are now setting a bar for all future community conversations, those are the two risks, uh, primary risks for a politician. Those are those are good ones to add. Carter, Corey talks about rhetoric uh, and, and this omission. And then he also talks about this sort of delta between action as well. What, what risk do you see? Do you actually see political risk when uh, a leader oh. signals out a, 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 a community like, like this, puts it out so explicitly? Like if the, if the political job was to get people to share this clip within my faith community, it's happening. But I yeah. think about this more broadly, right? Like so from that sense, yeah, there's like a lot of love 
on the WhatsApp, right? Uh, our chosen form of communication. Yeah. Uh, mandated in the Quran, by the way. Uh, it's a beautiful oh, yeah, phrase. It is very few people realize that. Very few people realize that. But Carter, talk to me. Do you see risk? Well, you know, you're dragging me into a space that I'm absolutely uncomfortable in. But I'm going to be, I'm just going to allow myself to be dragged in because I can. Well, I think this, I this episode have is sat, I've sat in the back of a cab. And yeah. I've and I've talked to people about you know this the, the cab driver happens to be a Sunni Muslim, yeah. and I say to him, what do you think of the job that Nenshi's doing, right? Just this back years ago, we're in the Nenshi days, and he says, I think he's a good mayor, but he's not a Muslim. I don't understand that comment. That, that comment makes virtually no sense to me. But here's what I do know: I do know that not every group behaves the same way towards every other group mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. their, within their organ. You know, you, you talk about the diaspora of, of, of sects within, within, um, a faith Islam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I sure. mean, don't even get me started on Christianity. I mean, sure. imagine going in and just saying, you know, singling out the, uh, you know, the, the United church, you know, Oh, thank God. The United church, they really rescued us from all the shit the Catholics created. Right. Like, it, there, there's just nothing but trouble. And I think that this is the the challenge of these types of, of decisions, of these types of speeches, is that it sounds all good. It sounds great uh, until you start weighing out, mm -hmm. you know, what are you saying to others, right? What are you, what are you saying to the other uh, groups that see themselves, uh, rightly or wrongly, in, in some sort of competition uh, with Absolutely. this group that you just singled out? and. And I don't know if I'm using the right word in terms of competition. I don't know what words I'm supposed to be using, so I'm just not being particularly careful, and I'm just blurting them out. But this is a complex issue, and the complexities aren't just, you know, oh, they'll get over it. You know, they won't remember. You know, it's, it's fine. Imagine what would happen if your faith group was singled out, not in a positive way, but, you know, they're the other group that you don't necessarily see eye to eye with. This is what the prime minister was playing with. And I mean, I think, I think he's right. I think that there is, has been tremendous, uh, you know, the Ismaili population is, 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 is spectacular, but so are so many other faiths. Right. Mm -hmm. So we, and it wasn't, a, it was an Ismaili breakfast, but it wasn't an Ismaili gathering. Yeah. And that was also something. And, and so I've danced around all these different issues. No, I, I think don't know. Maybe I'm canceled I again. No, but, I think you're, I think you're fine. Uh, I think if anyone's getting a phone call after this episode, it's me, Carter. So don't worry about it. Uh, for introducing <laughs> well, what I thought would be WhatsApp, you'll get a text yeah, on no. WhatsApp for what I thought would be a five-minute conversation. But I think this is interesting because one of the things I don't think political leaders are perhaps aware of is how zero-sum game their comments can be received as. That if you, it's almost like where does Daddy's love go today? Right. And if, if we buy into this larger paternalistic and even colonial style of thinking about things, where if the if you can almost be like Smith, but up until recently, you had to be Smith to get those rights and privileges. Right. And if that's how we're kind of treating these groups, many of them are going to view it as a zero sum game. Like you're, you're it's a power ranking. You're up one day, you're down another. And if, if you're up one day, that means someone else is down. And someone else is telling you, you have to climb on their shoulders, not to kind of thank them, but to trample them and get them lower. And frankly, if you think, if anyone thinks that there's not cultural communities or faith communities that are thinking about government relations or PR or where we fit in the overall psyche or our brand or positioning, kind of in the terms that we've been discussing over the series of our 1081 episodes, Corey, uh, you're mistaken. Those thoughts happen. 
those conversations happen. They might be less or more strategic depending on which group you're a part of or which tables you're allowed to sit at. But to your point, Carter, I think it's a very interesting point. I think sometimes political leaders can can jump in or out of these things and say, you know, have um, you know, flyby comments. And I don't think this was a flyby comment by the prime minister, but there are sort of ramifications of that and how they kind of sit. And if the overarching goal, Carter, is your challenge of people working together to produce a greater, uh, more stitched together country or fabric or outcome, uh, some of these comments are actually more divisive, I would say, than they are unifying yeah. because of the, the, the who's getting the love today vibe that, that some of them bring. That's it. Nothing else to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's super tough because I, I think that sometimes we think, you know, this community is all the same, right? They're all yes. the same. They are not. They come from many different places. They bring many different biases, as we all have, as we all have. And each one of those, you know, we, we talk about the rise of racism as though there's only one type or one focus of racism. Racism comes in all the different colors. I mean, everything. There, there is so much, and it, there's so much to spread around, really. Um, no one group owns it. And uh, because of that, I th- but I think that sometimes politicians just simplify to the point where they're like, well, we can go and say this and everything will be fine. And I just don't think it's fine. Always look at immigration with a much longer lens, not a narrow one. Places are diverse. They don't just have diverse communities. Uh, fully examine the truth and what it looks like. Don't trade off one community for another. Understand the ramifications. And Corey's last point, you have to be thinking that if your remarks mad lib to another community or a context that's more quote unquote mainstream, how would it be received? Don't do it. Uh, don't necessarily jump into that pool. Anything to al- else to add before we jump into one more segment? We got another segment. You, we, we do have another segment. I'm going seriously, very quickly. Like, let's let's go to our next segment. Like, you, I'm, I'm sticking. You, I'm sticking with the prime minister. Are you trying to kill us? Like, oh, I'm trying to hey, kill you. Forty nine minutes. Now that we've done religion and politics, uh, what do we want to do next? Like religion uh, and politics this is the best. Sorry, we have ever. to do sponsors. This uh, episode brought to you by the city of Edmonton. The city of Edmonton. We fucking love our mayor Amarjeet fucking Sohi. Uh, <laughs> Carter, <laughs> let's move on to our next segment: the prime ministerial okay. double yeah. down. I want to talk about Justin Trudeau really quickly. We've talked about him in this multicultural setting. I want to talk to you about him on C eighteen. We're not backing down on this. This goes to the core of a free and informed society that is able to take responsible decisions in our democracy. This, of course, Carter, talking about the government now saying it is suspending its ads on Facebook and Instagram, not backing down, doubling down. Carter, do you like it or do you not like it? Oh, I like it. I think it's a really good play. I think that um, it shows strength when we haven't seen much strength from this from this government. Uh, I still think that they have not properly defined the adversary in this particular case, um, but they're fighting a battle. And I, I like fighting a battle. I like them coming out and saying, we're, we're throwing some haymakers. Um, I think that I do think that social media has become more and more of a threat and it, you know, it feels like it shouldn't be. It feels like, you know, it should be posts about your aunt's pictures, but they're not posts about your aunt's pictures anymore. Um, I'm afraid to see what my friends post on Facebook when I get notifications. Um, maybe that says more about my friends, but nonetheless, I, I think that going, 
I I think that there's a lot further to go, but I I return to my point of a couple episodes ago. Um, if they're going to keep doubling down, then they best find ways to double down with friends. And I think I saw some of that with them starting to talk more about the European European Union and some of the activities that they're taking and uh, tying Canada into into those types of discussions. I think that that's. Uh, that's where the real strength is, and I hope that they continue to fight this fight. Corey, they're, they're trying to position an angle, uh, or at least find a lane here. They're superpowers, they're huge, they're rich, they're powerful, lots of big lawyers, they can be intimidating. We won't back down. Almost positioning the government as the underdog against the scrappy underdog. Yeah, yeah, it's the interesting frame that they have chosen. And then you add on Trudeau's comments about democracy and how these companies have flourished in democracies. It's time that someone stand up to them, so to speak, banning the ads on, on Facebook, uh, banning the, the ads uh, on, on Google. What do you think, Corey? Do you, do you like this play by the government? They've chosen a lane. I, 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 I'm not sure what I feel about it, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on, on where they've kind of landed with this positioning right now. Um, okay. Well, first off, like we are one of the world's largest economies. We're a multi-trillion dollar economy. Google and Meta are big, but they are very small compared to Canada, right? So I think the underdog thing is a little funny. Like like in terms of like heft and who sure, can push who sure. around and whatnot. I I'm not undercutting the things I said last episode about like, yeah, like they're they're big dogs and they go all over the place. And I think we've got to acknowledge that here. I think what the prime minister is doing with his setting the stakes language is just trying to reframe the issue. And it sounds like he's doing a pretty good job the way Stephen jumped on board with some of this uh, social media. Like we're talking about Meta and Google. We're not even talking about social media networks in the context of Google, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at least not in the Web 2.0 way we talk about it. We are saying the government said you have to pay people to link to their content. And these people said... What? No, this is the internet. That's not how this works. And the way that uh, these stakes have been reframed as this David and Goliath fight for the good of society, for Mm -hmm. humanity itself, how we won't be pushed around. This is about a a free people making free decisions is is fucking ridiculous. Do you like it? Do you like it? I like, mean, I know you I, say it's ridiculous, but I'm kind of curious. Like you're saying all this, people can't see this with kind of a grin on your face the whole time. So I want yeah, like, to you I, like it. I don't hate it as a okay. comms professional because <laughs> okay. like this is this is what you do, right? Like you take it. This is this is what spin is. You're taking something, you're turning it, and you're looking at it from a different issue or from a different lens. And yeah, Google and Meta. They they do not have a lot of friends in a lot of other contexts, right? Like you like they they're trying to change who the the they're trying to change what this story is about, right? Because when you get down to it, what the story is about is not what um, Donald Trump. I almost said Justin Trudeau is now saying the story is about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah, this whole like we're going to stand up for uh, you know democracies everywhere kind of language is just is kind of nonsense. But he's reframing it, and he's reframing it pretty well. Gardner, do you like the David? I didn't ask you this explicitly last round. Do you like this underdog? You, you're a fan of the oh, underdog political strategy, on. but are you a fan of this? Corey's looking at the entire economy. I mean, just take a look at the government budget. I think that Apple's got more in cash than the inter- than the entire operating budget for the for the country of Canada. Um, these are not tiny little groups. These are enormous corporations that have worldwide power that you that flex their muscles whenever they want. And frankly, they risk becoming much more powerful in the future. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not to the point where I'm thinking, you know, Google and Meta become the you know so strong that they replace world governments. But 
I will point out that there are lots of dictatorships where they have freedom of speech issues um, that these people seem to find ways to fit right into. So why wouldn't we ask them to fit into our societal norms of trying to support a, uh, a, a, a an important industry like news, uh, especially given that they have fucking destroyed it over the last few years? And yeah, we got the internet for free. We got the internet for nothing. But that has changed. The internet is not free anymore. The internet costs us a fortune now. And the only people who aren't paying for it are the big companies. So let's go and take our, let's take our pound of flesh from, uh, from Mark Zuckerberg. Who's with me? Let's storm the castle. Let's do it. Let's do it in the cage match. Carter, uh, Corey, I'm going to go to you on this. Uh, Pierre Polyev, uh, still with glasses on his Facebook profile page and, and still on his Twitter, uh, still, still very uh, friendly with the glasses, very attached to them. Uh, not his new look being profiled just yet on Twitter. He says this, if Trudeau be- really believes Meta is threatening democracy, he must do a full boycott. No more posts or Liberal Party ads. Go cold turkey. Small price to pay to save our entire democracy. You like it? I mean, also don't hate that, frankly. <laughs> like, because you, 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 this is a thing. You've set stakes so high. Right, you've set right. them as being about like society itself, yeah, and then you're still going right. to be buying Facebook ads saying, "Come to the Prime Minister's pancake breakfast." Like, come on, man. Like, like there, there's no consistency there, and so I don't, I don't hate it. And of course, the reason why we know the Prime Minister would be disinclined to do this is because these are channels that allow him to communicate, you know, politically across the board. You know, his his various constituency associations, his MPs, course, his across the you know board. his yeah, politicians right. more broadly, and uh, to put away that gun, I mean that's that's tough, right? And just leave uh, Pierre Polyev out there running around Facebook all by his lonesome. Like I mean that that would be really tough. Pretty to much do. defines where we are currently, though, doesn't hey, but, it? But, I mean, right is, right hasn't, right haven't we given Facebook up to the to the right wing freaks? I thought we did. That we all agree. Right, right, right well, Meta is Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp. And WhatsApp in one Steven. key tool, Carter, yeah. right? Like one, sorry, one key bucket of, of, of social media tools. Carter, start, start writing a response for Trudeau. If let's just say he has to respond to this, right? The media keep pestering him on this. Um, Mr. Prime Minister, will you do a full boycott? Will you do a full boycott? You said this is about democracy. You said you, you've upped the stakes. What would your, how would you start constructing that answer? I'm, and Corey, I'm going to tag you in on the back end to help. We don't. We don't need to do a a, boy to, a boycott to protect democracy. We have to do regulations and laws to protect democracy. That's what we're doing. We're taking action, and that action will be seen through the laws that we put forward through the the House of Commons. Boycotts aren't laws. So uh, Pierre Polyev thinks that the government should be boycotting to to achieve their 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 governing ends. I think he's misunderstood his civics classes. Not bad, Corey. Take what you like. Build build on it. I actually, I'm going to play hostile reporter for a minute here. Okay, go ahead. So you're saying that the government should stop spending to make a political point, but you don't want politicians to stop spending to make a political point, Mr. Prime Minister? I think that it's important for us not to spend money on on someone. The government is the one currently trying to legislate this, not the Liberal Party of Canada. And if you can't see and understand that distinction, I I don't even know how to help you, Corey. I, I think you're going to have to help Canadians with that one, Mr. Prime Minister, because that that sounds pretty absurd to me. There was no bill that was passed that said the government of Canada was going to stop spending money on Meta. This was a political decision. Why well, wouldn't you make that political decision, decision on was, your political channels as well? Because because politics are more important than, than government. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <message>. <laughs>
<laughs> I see what I did wrong. I see what I did wrong. I'm going to have Corey. to work on it. I'm going to have to work on that one. Yeah. Corey, uh, take what you like. Uh, this is why Danielle Smith doesn't have follow-up questions. There's exactly. some interesting nuggets on what Carter put down. I like that. Um, I mean, it's like saying like a pile of turds has some interesting- How dare you, sir? Yeah. Like that turd's kind of shaped like a unicorn, you know? I'll That's... tell you something. My you know message fucking is good. Armageed Sohi, man. That guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. Corey- he loves fucking rules. Fucking <laughs> yeah. Corey- uh, take what you like, if anything. Build your own response to uh, being pestered with the question. Uh, so the question again is: Ultimately, why hey, won't you? Hey, yeah, yeah. go. You're, you're Corey's playing both. Sorry, Carter. This is a scene from yeah, Corey's one man show. That's where we go. So, so the suggestion here is that we are going to resolve uh, Meta pushing around the government of Canada by independent political actors trying to speak to their community being pushed around by Pierre Polyev. I don't think so. That's not what we're here doing today. Uh, and we're going to use the heft of the government to get the outcomes we want. We're not going to be forcing people to stop having conversations on channels. This is the entire point. The entire point is these channels have become part of the social fabric of this country and they need to be managed. Oh, that's good. I like that. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's almost like he's a comms professional. You know, um, it's almost like he was on my side the whole time. Hey, did you oh, see that? Like he was pretending like he wasn't. Fick, he's yeah, really was. I know, right? He's but I really was. He's very, very fickle. Yeah. Um, let's move it on to our final segment or over under our lightning round. Stephen, we do this. Are you sure, Zane? Because we're sure? only at the one hour. Yeah, hour. I think no, that we no, probably manage, manage this, I manage this time extremely yeah. well, I have to tell you. Uh, Carter, are we cutting uh, any of that stuff at the beginning or are we just going to let that stay? All the all the Muslim stuff? All that stuff that you didn't like? Yeah. All that Muslim Muslim talk. Yeah, we're gonna get. Yeah. We're gonna get rid of it. It's gonna be a ten minute episode. <laughs> Who's editing this? Hey, Carter. <laughs> yeah, Carter. Overrated, underrated. CBC News had to retract uh, parts of the report alleging email interference by Alberta's uh, Alberta Premier's office. Overrated or underrated as a, as a political story in your mind? The retraction by CBC. I mean, it was a really relatively specific retraction. I don't think it was. I think it's. Uh, Overrated. I don't think that it's as big a deal as the the uh, the premier's office will make it out to be. Corey, overrated or underrated? Um, you know, Daniel Smith getting a bit of a win here with CBC having to retract uh, on the specific claim of of emails proving this uh, interference or emails coming from the premier's office uh, uh, for this interference. What do you think? I think it's underrated. Um, the number of people I've talked to, politically savvy people who have have just sort of felt like the conflation of both the CBC reporting and the Ethics Commissioner report and have said like, oh, like this, this looks like, like the Ethics Commissioner report, just a little bit of background for people, which said that the the actions the premier took were actions that would be a threat to democracy, right? So that was the bottom line. It had three different sections. Section one had to do with the CBC, uh, you know, whether uh, these allegations that were made in CBC, not by CBC, but in CBC, right? Uh, saying that the pre the premier's office had reached out to uh, prosecutors and the, uh, you know, the ethics commissioner said, I, I found no evidence of that. I don't believe it actually happened just based on the fact I've talked to literally every crown prosecutor and all this. I just don't mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the second two were on these other two issues that got dinged on in terms of like talking to Pulowski and did she intend to interfere in justice, right? So the reason why Danielle Smith at the debate was saying like, I actually, I was exonerated on one was because this, this uh, you know, comment the ethics commissioner made about the CBC reporting. And... I think there's going to be a lot of people out there, and it will obviously be a narrative helped along by a premier's office that's much helped 
by this narrative, who are going to say, well, I, you know, there were these accusations made, but those accusations have now been retracted, so I think it's okay. That's not actually what was the threat to democracy. The threat to democracy was the stuff on tape, mm-hmm. where Danielle Smith was saying, well, let, let me take that away, let me see if I can intercede in the administration of justice. Yeah, the stuff we but, actually heard. But... There's a murkiness now, and and that retraction is now the talking point Danielle Smith has in every avenue except a legal one. Yeah, She says, you know, CBC actually had to retract that reporting, and the Ethics Commissioner mentioned she doesn't believe it happened. And, And so I think it is actually a big deal. I also think it means the next time there's reporting that is not, like, named source that the CBC puts out on an issue... People will say, yeah, but can we trust it because of this retraction? Even though, as Stephen said, the retraction was somewhat narrow. Very narrow, yeah. That's not how people's memories work. And so I think it's a big deal. I do. Yeah, I, I changed my mind. Corey's right. Okay, well, thank you, Carter. Uh, what was that? You're right. I think both, that was a both, four. I uh, was a four. <laughs> thank you, Zane. It was a four. Hey, Corey, are you in or out on politicians engaging with uh, celebrities? And I, I point here to Justin Trudeau see, uh, inviting Taylor Swift, asking her to, uh, to come to Canada. Now, of course, there was Matt Jenneru, uh conservative MP, kind of put a motion together. This is the prime minister using his official Twitter account, asking Taylor Swift to, you know, make some time, uh, inserting a few, you know, uh, T-Swift lyrics in, in that tweet. Are you in or are you out on that on that strategy? It, it gets the headlines. It pierces through. It goes beyond our political bubble. Some people think it's cringe. I'm curious what you think. I think it's pretty cringe. I also think it is not a great way. Like, you are sort of reminding people that she didn't decide to come to Canada, right? Mm. And I'm not really sure that's particularly useful either, unless you happen to know there's going to be additional tour dates added in Toronto and Montreal and and Vancouver and Calgary and Edmonton, though. I mean, the mayor of Edmonton fucking rules, but Fuck, like yeah. otherwise, it's fucking, yeah. What a fucking dump that guy. Fucking great though. No. <laughs> Edmonton's great. I, I've lived half my adult life in Edmonton. I'm not taking a round out of How Edmonton. How old are you? I'm pretty old, man. Yeah, like, I'm in my forties. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you look so young. Yeah, I know. Like really, yeah. maybe I know, I just because I'm like a young Pierre Polyev mentality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you got a Pierre Polyev. <laughs> you got to start. Lifting. Pierre Polyev and I are like the same age. You got to start uh, lifting and wearing that start. white yeah. shirt from the bear that he now wears. Yeah, you, you see the bear? <laughs> see the white? Is that a reference that anyone gets? I got that. Okay, yeah, good. that's good. I don't even watch the show, and I got the reference. But yeah. uh, you should grow his hair like that too. That'd be good. That'd be so great. And just after your yes, chef Carter. In or out on Justin Trudeau I'm so out. tweeting out. I'm really? So out. Yeah, Let me tell you tell why me I'm out. Tell me why. Because have you ever tweeted at someone that you wish would get back, like that you want to get back to you? Like you just, you put, you put a mention in and you're like tweeting at like some giant celebrity and you're like tweeting at them. Oh, I hope they see this one. They, you know, it's pathetic. If you don't have a direct you, mechanism of contacting you think it's, them, it's you think pathetic. It's a thing. It's pathetic. The Prime Minister of Canada, you know, if he really wanted to have some fucking influence, he calls her people, or his, he has his people call her people, and they all get together and they have an actual chat. You don't Yeah, all of a sudden there's a $15 Twitter. billion dollar subsidy for the Taylor Swift concert. Exactly. In, uh, you know, southwestern this Ontario. Was, this was embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It would be embarrassing if Zane Velji reached... Well, when before we started this show, remember before we hired Zane, Corey, and he tweeted at us incessantly? He would add us. Hey, yeah. Perpetually. Oh, Stephen, yeah. I really want to work with you. And, and it worked. at me. And, and I'm like, oh, if, if Taylor Swift played a concert, stadium tour, Southwest Ontario, um, 
uh, over under 45 minutes uh, Francois Philippe Champagne's opening act would it be would it be <laughs> over 45 minutes or under for uh, Frankie Bubbles and uh, and his opening act Carter uh, I'd be over it would be over. That is correct. There's only yeah. one answer. Corey, final question. It goes to you. Um, last week, we discussed a bit of, of Twitter and its uh, rivals that were available, its alternatives. You, we talked about Blue Sky. And then out of nowhere. Reds, man. Thousand pound gorilla. Are you in or you out on it? Uh, well, it's certainly, I think as of tonight, there was the expectation that Threads, so this is, if you haven't been following this in the last week, Meta via Instagram, which they own, launched Threads and it ties to your Instagram account. So you can log in and you immediately have the network and it does this thing where it basically tries to encourage those reconnections to occur on the Threads app and 30 million people overnight. Looks like there's going to be 100 million people by the end of the night tonight. Uh, Twitter, I think, only has about 250 million active users. So just to give you, like, this is the first one at scale that's really come in. Interesting. There's right? been, um, you know, some analysis of web traffic showing that it's com- it's coming down from Twitter. This does seem to be having an immaterial effect. Uh, and if you didn't even believe the metrics, the fact that uh, Elon Musk tweeted today, Zuck is a cuck. I think is what he said. <laughs> Jesus. Because <laughs> he's an idiot and he's 12. Uh, would tell you that they're feeling a little sweat on here. This might be the real deal. It. I don't think Threads is necessarily good yet. Mm. No. But let's be clear. Yeah. Twitter is not good. Twitter and, is horrible. And Threads has the connection. It has the social network back in it through Instagram. The fact that it's pretty easy to get strapped onto that and move. And it's a pretty good parallel to Twitter. So... I can easily see it, if not eating his entire lunch, most of his lunch. And that's going to be a real problem for Elon Musk because it's not like Twitter was a runaway success story before Threads came onto the picture. Carter, I'm going to get your take on this uh, in, in a second. Corey, what do you think of the name? What do you think of the name and the brand? Like in the- Threads? I mean, it, it sounds like a generic clothing shop. You yeah. know, like uh, I wanted to get like the good pants at the yeah. Gap, but my mom took me to Threads instead. Like that's... Yeah, no, it's a second-hand store. It reminds me of... Uh, it's a second-hand. It's, it's, Threads is you know, the... Well yeah, yeah. Second-hand store is right. Well, it's like, a good, it's, like yeah. it's the uh, American yeah. Sand. Remember Sand? Fact, yeah. It's the second-hand store that it, used to be near I love Sand. Yeah. Oh, fuck, don't, I love Sand, too. Don't, don't diminish Sand. Sand was pretty yeah. great. Carter? No, uh, never. Threads, Thousand Pound Gorilla? Is it? Is it the one? I mean, I don't know if it's the one, but I mean, what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to replicate Twitter's success or are we trying well, to see we're talking when about last Twitter episode. fails? Yeah. yeah. I think that this is mostly about, you know, I think it could be the thing that pushes Twitter over the edge. Not because, you know, it's hugely successful, but mostly because it just undermines um, the people who are on Twitter. I mean, ultimately, it's about traffic. And if advertisers aren't getting the return on investment, they're not going to advertise. And they were barely getting return on investment before Elon Musk paid such a heavy, hyped up price for it. So I think that Musk is in real trouble. We're going to leave it there. That's a wrap on episode 1081 of the Hold strategy. On, we're not going to do more on, on his style. We're not. We're going to skip right over Pierre Polyev's lifting phase, his black t-shirt, what do you want to talk t-shirts. about? What do you want to talk about? We, he, yes. So he, he yes, he That's has really a look all I wanted now. to say. I he has a white t-shirt look. It's from the bear. Okay. It's, 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 it's just <laughs> find out that reference. t-shirt look, I think he it, looks it's like. It's kind of like, a, hey, listen, I don't mind getting STDs at Stampede look. Okay. We, we've seen that it? look many times. Okay. Okay. That's that's all I wanted to say. Thank you, guys. What's the STD and stud? That's <laughs> that's pretty good. I just thought of that. Oh, that's really uh, good. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. Hey, it's a good episode title. Corey, you want to talk about, I don't want to talk about Pierre Polyev anymore. 
I'm done. I don't want to talk about his choice oh. of wearing a t-shirt and yeah. not glasses. But what if a Patel anymore? were to dress like that, though? Could a Patel I mean, get away yeah, with that? Could... could a Patel dress that way? Yeah, probably, yeah. Not, probably not. Probably not. What a great not job yet. that Patel would be doing. <laughs> Good. Carter, this died on the vine. Here we go. That was That's a great wrap show, show, guys. Anyone that was the, the best show. My name is Zane Velge. With me, as always, you guys Corey did Hogan, a great job. Stephen Carter. We'll Thanks see you for doing next this. Time.